Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a final word daily. Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. Lots of Test cricket to talk about today. Let's start at Jeff, telling us all about the first day of the World Test Championship final in 30 seconds. In 30 seconds, it was raining weather, five seamers for New Zealand, so they chose to bowl when they won the toss. No surprises there. It didn't go so well for them. Bowled pretty badly in the first hour. Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill put on 62, and then New Zealand clicked. Uh, those two wickets fell. Pajara didn't make many, although he was out there for over an hour. Kohli and Rahane saw them through to the close, but it was hard work. They put on 58, uh, and in the end, they had to call it off after 64 overs due to bad light. It felt to me, watching from afar, granted I've seen very little of it because I've been at the women's test, which we'll come to in just a moment, but a frustrating day with bad light, especially towards the end of play, on, off, on, off, that kind of day when, you know, we look around and think there must be a better way of doing this. Yeah, um, there was certainly towards the end of the day, but the first part, the first session and a half was excellent. Um, the, mm. the, uh, that first hour, as I mentioned, New Zealand started with Bolton Southie. They weren't hitting their lengths consistently enough. They were a bit all over the place. There were some good deliveries, but there were enough bad ones coming along frequently enough that Rohit Sharma and Shubman Gill were able to just wait and, and pick off the odd bad one here or there and keep things ticking along at better than three and over. Um, and then New Zealand came back into it, first via Jameson and then Wagner. Uh, Jameson picked up Rohit Sharma, Wagner picked up Shubman Gill. And, and on both occasions, it was just luring each batsman into a little push at the ball. Nothing silly, nothing extravagant, but just trying to defend on the line and getting that slight little bit of movement away uh, that made them push a little bit too wide uh, and, and edge into the cordon. Jameson with the bounce that came off the splice almost, or off the shoulder of Rohit Sharma's bat almost, when he was defending so nicely. But it seemed like uh, the Indian batting had come to England with a really clear plan about how to play in England because Kohli and Rahane went about it the same way. It was all about soft hands. It was all about playing with the swing a little bit but largely staying inside the line of the ball if need be and a huge amount of patience. Colin de Grandum spinning off maidens just on the reel um, but the Indian batsman didn't let that worry them. Jeff, another bit I picked up along the way via social media was a fearsome spell that uh, Neil Wagner bowled to Chiteshwa Pajara uh, with New Zealand ultimately coming out on top. Yeah, Wagner didn't go to the short ball immediately, um, did pitch up and, and look for swing, and the one that he got Shubman Gill with was one that just didn't swing, just went across him a little bit on that left arm angle and, and took the edge. But Pajara was out there for 80-plus minutes to score uh, 
eight runs and you know in typical Pajara sort of fashion I and love Wagner, him you can't you can't not right um, and, and Wagner got a little bit impatient and did start banging the bouncer in now I love him the, too <laughs> you love everybody when New Zealand's bowlers tried to bounce a Shubman Gill he pulled them with such authority he stood up tall and absolutely crashed them through mid-wicket you could not bounce him but you could bounce Pajara a little bit he played the cut shot nicely on a couple of occasions but this one got him in the grill knocked the the neck protector off nearly fell onto the stumps and he was a little bit rattled but as we've seen in Australia uh, most players if they get hit in the helmet they're pretty susceptible to get out shortly after that Pajara seems to have a supernatural ability just to shake it off and 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 keep going And, and that's what he did about it for quite a long time after that. Uh, Jeff, uh, we've talked about India's fine batting in very tough conditions at Southampton. Should we come over to Bristol to talk about a, a wonderfully resilient effort on the final day of the women's test? Absolutely, because that's what I kept flicking over to um, every time there was a break in, in the men's game as well, uh, because it, it was enthralling the way it just tightened and tightened as, as the game went on. India had that collapse through the middle and you thought England are going to roll over them here. They, they might need to chase 40 or 50, but they'll do that with ease. Um, what about my 30-second summary, Jeff? What about my 30-second oh, summary? Sorry. You're depriving me. You're stealing I, my thunder. I Is it a excited. car to go? <laughs> yeah, go on. Do it in 30 seconds. All right. So India started the day 82 runs behind. Really, they needed to bat all day for any chance to, to save the test. There was no method where they could declare and put England in again. Uh, Deepthi Sharma batted really well until she had a brain explosion just before lunch. She was one of two wickets to fall in that first session. After lunch, England turned the screws, took five wickets. They went to tee 79 runs behind, but only needing two wickets. Enter Snairana alongside Tanya Bhatia. Uh, made 80 and 44 not out respectively, for the ninth wicket. They ended up driving the lead up to 179 when they shook hands. It was a wonderful performance from India at at the end of a splendid test match. I reckon, I'm not sure, I'm just on instinct, I think you might have blown through the 30 seconds a little bit, um, (laughs) but but that's, and and that's even notwithstanding that I stole half of your material, but what a day, what a day. The point, the point in the day when there were about 50 overs left, 53, 54 overs left, and India were uh, about 45 in front, 46 in front. And I was sort of weighing it up and thinking, OK, they might lose a few overs at the end. They'll lose two, two overs for the change of innings. Uh, if I was thinking, if they can sort of bat through another 20 overs, maybe... Then, then the runs that they've got ahead might just be a bit too much for India. I was running on a metric of basically every four runs, every time India hit a boundary, that was one more over that England would have to face with the bat because I thought England will struggle to score at four and over on a mm. last day pitch in the dark when it's sort of damp and, and rainy and all the rest of it. And so it still didn't seem like India should be able to escape. They were only three wickets and then two wickets away from folding with a, a lead of under 100, which you would have thought England would be able to chase. But they just kept going. They just kept going. It was a remarkable. Yeah, it really was. I mean, and, and against the flow of play, when Shikapandi mm. gets caught down the leg side, that's the fifth wicket to fall in the session. I mean, the session begins with Sophie Eccleston bowling uh, Madali Raj for single digits. Again, I think she made four. There was a collapse of three for four. It looked like it was on on television. I declared it accordingly. The collapse is on. Uh, and then they found a way just to kind of muddle through. And that's all they needed to do. Remember, it wasn't about 
as I mentioned in the summary, it wasn't about setting England 200 or something like that. that was, they were never having enough time for that. It was just about finding a way to get to the finish line. And it was done in such an admirable way because they go to the mm. tea break uh, and they're leading by, I think it was 79 at that last interval. If they lose those two wickets inside the first, let's call it, 15 overs after the resumption. It's probably game on for England again. Had it been inside the first five overs, England would have done it probably quite easily, chasing, say, mm. 90 or, or 100 in, in roughly 35 overs. But once that uh, ledger tilted uh, and India were able to run the scoreboard up, that was another feature of their batting today, be it via Deepthi Sharma and Poonam Rout early doors or uh, the way that uh, Snerana and, and Tanya Bhatia batted after tea. There, there was always a priority on scoring runs. You can sometimes mm-hmm. on the final day of a test match fall into the trap of just trying to bat time and not tick the board over and suddenly if you lose wickets you're, you're, you're betwixt and between but India had got that lead by the lunch break so they did have a chance to build and it wasn't pretty in the middle session but it was enough yep. to give them a chance and then I mean what a wonderful story Snerana hasn't played international cricket I think we mentioned on the podcast on day one for five years she got mm-hmm. back into the team via bulk wickets for railways. She'd been leading them in Madali Raj's absence last year. She had some personal tragedy via her father passing away a couple of months ago. I caught up with her after play and interviewed her. And I mean, what a bright spark she is. And she's one of five, uh, five half centuries in this match made, made by players on debut, uh, including mm. a couple from Shivali Verma, who was named player of the match. It's a, it's a real sign of, of what's to come. I think our friend Hypercourst uh, alluded to this on, on Twitter, saying that this is a test match about the future and about what we can make women's test cricket and it's a marker because this isn't like the draw at Taunton two years ago when we jumped on that train Jeff and went back to London and felt pretty sorry for ourselves and Mm. the very prospect of there being more women's test cricket this was the polar opposite we leave with a draw but buoyed by what could happen in the next couple of years a, a draw that was a thrilling draw and that had yeah. there been a fifth day, it could have been an absolutely fascinating match. England absolutely. England had a, a difficult chase. India could have won after following on. And uh, so I think if, if I look at Snowrunner first, first of all, this was her highest batting score in any professional cricket that <laughs> she's played. She went Fantastic. past it. Her first class best was 45. Her uh, list A 50 over best was 66. And she got up to 80 not out by the close. Could have had a ton if they'd kept on batting I'm, I'm not sure I'm not sure about declaring on someone on 80 not out England with everybody out on the boundary now it's their prerogative to, to not want to concede a century but it, it, they were sort of being grumpy about not being able to call off the match not being able to get off the ground as yeah. well if, I think they were being grumpy I think they were being uh, grumpy about the fact that Mathali Raj wasn't around yeah. So she was nowhere to be seen. She wasn't down pitch shy with the rest of the players. She was up in the dressing room, and it meant that Heather Knight couldn't, in essence, couldn't consult Madali. So yeah. I think that was, if anything, just kind of signalling to the Indian captain, hey, you know, this is getting kind of silly. Let us know what you want to do. So, yeah, yeah, it was a strange ending, of course, with eight, eight players out on the boundary. And I do think that it would have been lovely had they continued for another half an hour till the official close of play. But mm. it's worth noting that, sure enough, as soon as the stumps were pulled out, it started drizzling here, and they probably would have yeah. had to have come off the ground. So, yeah. All's well that ends well, I suppose. Yeah, I, I guess I would just say that if if you're in that sort of situation and you want to get off the ground and you don't want to concede 100 to a player, the best way to do that get is to out. get them out. Um, <laughs> so why not have four around the bat, the others in a ring yep. field, and say if you want to score runs, you have to go over the top. Pose yep. them the challenge. If they can hit five boundaries and get their 100, then happy days, you get to leave. And if you get them out, the same deal. So that, that's what I would have preferred to see happen at the end. But uh, but but the way that... Uh, I, I, watching Runner in the first innings, she wasn't there for very long. But I'd never seen her bat live before. And watching her then, I thought, 
this player can bat, and she got a beautiful delivery from Eccleston. Nothing she mm. could do about it. Turned sharply, took the edge, and she was out. But she was able to show what she could do in that second innings, the way she kept going through cover and through backward point, just often enough to keep the scoreboard moving. And I'd like to have a word in there for Shikha Pandey as well. She batted for 17 overs with Rana before mm. uh, before Tanya Bhatia came in and batted for 31 overs. So those last two partnerships... They did save the Test match. Otherwise, there was no way India would have got away. With you know, in- England would have been chasing eighty odd in thirty overs and, and would have probably done it quite comfortably. Yeah, and Tanya Bhatia down the other end at unbeaten forty four on Test debut didn't play in South Africa uh, during uh, March. It would have been February and March. Was left mm-hmm. out, but because she's the best wicketkeeper in the country, they wanted her for the Test match. But nevertheless, mm-hmm. she's on a pair. I mean, she made a, I think it was a third ball duck to Sophie Eccleston yesterday. Feels like a really long time ago, but on the start of morning three, and there she was batting confidently, counter-attacking, driving on the up through cover. I um, mean, she's gritty. I like her. She um, mm. she copped a bit of a please explain for some time wasting there early in the final session, which made me laugh because, of course, in the final uh, session of a Test match, you play the overs, and time wasting is neither here nor there. Although. Mm. Maybe they might have seen the rain forecast and thought that uh, the more time they took out of the game, the more likely it'd be called off due to a weather interruption. But, but nevertheless, I thought that um, those two together were mm-hmm. so wonderful to watch as they took the lead from, you know, 79 to 100 to 120, which was kind of my number at the start of the day. I thought 120... Mm-hmm. In somewhere between, say, 33 to 40 overs, and we've got ourselves a cracking finish with England almost duty-bound to go after the runs, at least initially. Mm-hmm. Um, but as those overs ticked down and the score went beyond 120, 130, 140, and so on, it became pretty obvious what the result was going to be. And it's a proud one for India. I mean, England have never beaten India in a Test match in England, and they had a fine opportunity here, having controlled it for the majority of the sessions. But, yeah, they couldn't stick the landing. I think that Sophie Eccleston was expected to bowl them out on the final day, and she did take four wickets and some quality ones at that not least the one of Mithali Raj but um, she got tired and Jeff this speaks I think to the idea that there's no domestic uh, women's cricket over multi-day mm-hmm. cricket in the UK so you'd expect someone like a Sophie Eccleston to be able to bowl over after over after over and to an extent she did but she did tire uh, and mm-hmm. yeah they were enforcing the follow on that it was more likely to happen but I think if she had been exposed to bowling massive spells deep into an afternoon more often that might not have been quite the case and she has the skills certainly to take the last two wickets so yeah. th- there was a combination of factors and yeah I think it was the right result all told because India just never gave in I think it was a good draw. We've seen a lot of bad draws uh, in this yep. format and that was a quality draw where the result was in doubt. You know, not quite into the last hour, but certainly into the last session. We've got quite a few Hall of Fame things to look at. Let's, uh, let's do that in just a second after we think about cricket bats for 10 seconds. Woodstock Cricket, home of the finest handmade cricket bats and soft goods. Visit either our showroom or workshop and experience the magic for yourselves. For bookings, contact info at woodstockcricket.co.uk. Final word daily, Adam Collins and Jeff Lemon. Let's deal with the Woodstock Player of the Day uh, mm. before moving on to the Hall of Fame. Well, it's obviously Snayrana, isn't it? I mean, again, mm-hmm. it's a tremendous tale. Um, I- I'm thrilled that they picked her, knowing what they knew and we didn't. We're all like, well, no spinner moving it away from the bat, but she bowled with guile and flight and turn on that first day. She contributed to the collapse and then to deliver again on the final afternoon. Uh, It's a lovely tale and I can't wait to watch her in the One Day Internationals. 
Yep, no doubt about who gets that gong. Uh, BT Sharma played really well too. I'd probably yep. give it to Kyle Jamieson in the men's game. I thought he bowled terrifically, um, if, given that he's such a recent entrant to Test cricket. Um, there was a, a Hall of Fame moment over there as well with the uh, Virat Kohli's potential dismissal, which confused <laughs> everybody because it was way down the leg side. He has a flirt at it. Uh, the New Zealand players appeal. There's no... Uh, no decision from the umpire. It's not. It's not given out, right? And so then, then the New Zealanders are about to. Uh, they're deciding whether to review. And then umpire Illingworth seems to say, "I oh, don't bother because I'm going to send it upstairs." And they go up to a, to the to the third umpire, who then does DRS on it, does a snicko finds out that there's no edge and then says he's not out. And everyone's like, what the hell is going on here? Now, I went back and read through all the DRS laws and if you're checking whether a catch carried... The catch is the third taken, umpire, that's right. The third umpire can first check whether it was actually hit. But if Illingworth thought it was hit, why didn't he give it out? I'm but he did so give it out with the soft signal, though, didn't he? Yeah. Let's be clear. Yeah. So the television, evidently, according to our colleague at the Guardian, Ali Martin, and you know, mm. I take his I take his word uh, as gospel on these matters because he watches very closely. He saw the soft signals out, which means that from Illingworth's perspective, that was fine because he was checking mm. it for a low catch. Like I think that's. I mean, it would have looked weird. I get on television yeah. there would have been people like sort of like, why is this happening? How has this happened? But I think it. You know, if you step back from the flame a little bit. Mm. It, umpire Illingworth wasn't to know that nobody picked up the soft signal so right. you know a bit of a storm in a teacup maybe mm-hmm. yeah it, 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 it made sense in the end it is in the laws that uh, an umpire yeah. referral can check whether there was contact with the bat it's just usually that's not necessary because the players obviously edged it so you know it, it's it, probably the response to it was Hall of Fame worthy um, do you have anything from where you were Catherine Brunt's catch. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, we love her. We talk about her all the time on The Final Word. We probably will continue talking about her for like five years because yep. she'll never retire. She's ageless. But um, early on today, uh, Shafali Verma, we didn't mention her dismissal, Jeff. It feels like a long time ago. We brushed yeah. over the fact that uh, on about 66, I think it was, yep. earlier in the over, she plonked Sophie Eccleston straight back over her head for one of the most glorious sixes you'll see. Flat batted, no backswing, perfect timing. It's like it was a, it was like a golf shot onto the green, um, but with complete power it was it was just a that's probably a bad way of com- comparing the two things but you know what i'm trying to say mm. it was hit so perfectly and yet at the end of the over gets a full toss tries to hit it on the moon overhits it bat mm-hmm. turns in her hand goes straight in the air Catherine brunt's running around from not quite long on but not quite mid on doesn't pick it up has to put on this huge dive forward which mm. we know how hard that is and comes up with the ball millimeters from the ground and of course that yep. was the big moment because when we arrived this morning it wasn't really about whether Stairana would make runs. It was whether mm-hmm. Shafali Verma can bat for a session and, and, and cause chaos for England. So that cut that off at the pass about quarter of an hour after the resumption. So for mine, uh, and the fact that it was Catherine Brunt as well, you yeah. know, all theatre, all arms and legs and movement and all the rest, uh, she was a massive part of this week in her 11th Test match. And let's hope there's a 12th later in the year in the women's Ashes and a 13th after that back here next year and, and so on it goes. 159 runs in the match for Shafali Verma when that 66 wrapped up. Uh, my Hall of Fame nom for the women's game would be that period we were talking about at the end where England were trying to 
deny uh, Rana the chance to go for 100. They had all of the field back for her. They'd bring them up for Tanya Bhatia so that she couldn't rotate the strike. Uh, so they think they've done this really cleverly. They, they put everyone back the last <laughs> ball of an over because Bhatia's on strike. And they say, sure, have a single. So you'll be on strike for the next over, which she duly does, take the runs that are on offer. They bring everyone in and then the umpire says, oh, retrospective, no ball, which means you can't change the field. So their field, they couldn't put sort of eight on the fence as they'd had uh, earlier for Rana and Rana got to face with the leg side field up, charges down the pitch and just flogs George Elwood's over square leg for four. Um, and sadly, that was her last shot because it got called off after that. But I loved the, I loved the, the way it was undone by the no ball. Yeah, there was one extra part to that. You may not have picked it up on the broadcast. I think you're on a break. The the, the ball ended up <laughs> in the in the grandstand, like over the rope and in the seats after it bounced and jumped over. So it was like uh, it was like salt in the wounds after that whole <laughs> episode played out that they had to go and get the ball and all the annoyance of that with no fans at that side of the ground. So I think that's quite worthy. And yeah, just a final point that Shafali Verma, player of the match, when we were talking about it uh, off air, because obviously you know the, the, you decide who the player of the match is going to be when you're doing the broadcast. We're like, well. I mean, if Sophie Eccleston takes 10 wickets, then and England win. It's, it's obviously Sophie Eccleston. But the sooner mm. and so, the closer and closer it got to a draw, there was only one choice. And what a popular mm. winner she was uh, when she went and did her interview pitch side. The huge smile on her face. Obviously frustrated at not posting a century and the way she fell today and the way she fell in the first innings for that matter. Mm-hmm. But that's just the way she plays her cricket. Uh, and, you know, I already mentioned that I can't wait for the one-day internationals as far as Snerana's concerned. I mean, I can't wait for the next 15 years as far as Shafala Shafala. Verma is because uh, yeah mm. she's a very gifted cricketer uh, and we're going to be riding the wave with her all the way we will also be back for four more days of the daily uh, as the World <laughs> Test Championship final unfolds hopefully there's more cricket than rain so stay tuned to the channel thanks to everyone for subscribing uh, listening sharing and all of those good things uh, you oh, last comment. Sorry, a, la- yeah. a final thank you as we sign off. Thank you to all of the Final Word um, community that came up to me this week at Bristol. Beautiful, lovely and overwhelming that so many people uh, from the women's cricket community who are here watching engage with what we do and, and think that we make a contribution to that that's worthwhile. So uh, if you come up to me during the week, thank you. I appreciate it very much and I'm sure Jeff does as well. I do. We will uh, see you tomorrow. Bye.